Are you the hardcore bibliophile of your friend group? Do you wish you could discuss books all day long? Then tune into the Book Nerds podcast and immerse yourself in the world of books. From author interviews, book club meetups to in-depth book reviews and discussions. This is your one-stop shop for all things books. Happy reading. Hello book nerds, welcome Hello. to the Book Nerds podcast. Uh we are back with another episode and uh, as you guys know who are regular listeners, I had you know taken up so many reading resolutions and uh, you'll be glad to know that I have broken them and I'm very happy to break them because I read a play uh and i hadn't planned this in 2021 and am i glad to have done that uh we have with us today on the podcast i am we are super stoked to have them on the podcast two amazing authors uh we have uh namita gokhale ji and malashri lal on the podcast uh thank you so much uh both of you for doing this taking time out thank you for having us on book nerds and wonderful work that you're doing and i'm so glad that you enjoyed the play malashi ma'am thank you so much for taking time out and being on the podcast happy to be here rohan yeah yeah so uh, book nerds i would like to tell you what we are going to talk about today uh, of course for those of you who are not aware about uh, namita gokhale's work and uh, malashi lal's work i would like to tell you they have written three books together this is the third one it is called uh, betrayed by hope a play on the life of michael madhusudan dat previously uh, they have written two more books together uh, one of them is in search of sita revisiting mythology and the second one was finding radha the quest for love so i would encourage you to check those books out also but today it's all about betrayed by hope and about mmd uh and michael madhusudan dat and what a man i mean a mercurial man i was so fascinated after reading about them a very short description of the book and about the man uh michael madhusudan dat was a maverick a rebel i might say who changed the scope of bengali poetry in the 19th century especially with his free verse epic his meghna bad kabir was a genius who never got his due so we'll be talking all about that and uh, many other things uh, my first question to both of you uh, is that this is your third book and uh, how is this different from the previous two yes it is our third collaborative work together it's different because in this case we have authored the play the other two books the one on sita and then on radha those were edited anthologies where we had done some writing but we had also commissioned works by other scholars and creative writers and also republished some important older material namita ji completely different to collaborate on an anthology and to collaborate on a creative work and i am delighted by the way we could do it without any friction and with perfect synergy uh, as mala mentioned in the anthologies each of us commissioned articles and pieces and essays and did research and collated it all together and then wrote our pieces but here we took letters from michael madhusudan that's uh, research work Uh, i mean which we located and then we laid them into some sort of five act structure and then we created the character 
of the Sutradhar who uh, held the story together. And this was collaborative, creative work. It's, it's even more difficult than writing a novel together because we have to give voice to it. We have to, we have to give our voice to it. And our voice, I mean, Mala's and mine together, and it should be seamless. It shouldn't look like, oh, that's Namita writing this and that's Mala writing this. And everywhere, instead, it feels as though this is Michael Madhusudan Dutt and Ruby, the Sutradhar speaking. So I, I'm, I'm very happy with the way we managed to collaborate on this. Yeah, I you are so right. I mean, while reading uh, the entire book, I never felt that there were two voices. So congratulations on that. And uh, you uh, indicated, uh, you kind of, you know, made it easier for my next question because I wanted to ask you uh, both that what are the top three things that one has to be careful about while writing a play and uh, vis-a-vis a novel? See, writing a play is very different in structure and conception than a novel. In a play, you've got to have lively dialogue or different characters, and they have to be not only interactive on the stage, but they have to elicit immediate response from the reader or the audience. So the novelist need not disguise his or her voice. But a person who's creating a play has to yield to the character that is there on the stage. And as Namita just mentioned, our play has two characters mainly, and that's Michael Madhusudan Dutt, whose letters we already have. So that entailed a great deal of research, not because the letters were complete in themselves or not, but there were some gaps, but also we had to select from a very large collection of letters. The second character of the Sutradhar, we completely created. So the activity of writing a play and that too in a collaborative mode was very exciting. And like Namita, I'm very happy with the outcome. You know, I feel that the key points are structure and narrative voice and distinct narrative voices. And we have to sort of visualize it, how it will be on stage, on digital performance, on audio performance. But at the same time, we have to leave enough scope for the director, the producer, the actors to own it and to workshop it and to make it theirs. So there's a third level after us, after the publisher to bring the book to life. And I, neither of us really had done this before. And I think we stumbled towards it through intuition and beginner's luck perhaps. <laughs> I, I, uh, you are being very modest, but uh, it's a great work because I was uh, like riveted uh, throughout. So uh, congratulations. And uh, for, for the entire morning and even afternoon, I have been uh, saying this to my wife, I shall come out like a tremendous comet. Ah. And that's that's all you know. I'm I've been saying. So my wife thinks uh, that uh, I'm crazy. But anyways, uh, I love the uh, play a lot. Uh, so my uh, next question was that uh, when uh, uh, MMD's uh, MMD reacts to the book review in Bengal Hurkaru, uh, where he is criticized for how he has written uh, a particular work. Uh, he he actually doesn't take it too well. So my question to you was that how do you uh, react to a book review which is not favorable? 
you know, and also how MMD reacted and how did you co-opt everything in the book itself? That review and the reaction from Michael were very critical in his literary career. As a young man, he was fascinated by Britain and with English literature, writers such as Milton and Byron, and he wanted to emulate them. He wanted to be a poet in English. And when he wrote in English, he was very confident, as you just quoted that line, I shall come out as a comet. He was always a very confident writer. And then he was devastated when somebody of the eminence of Bethune cut him down and sent a message across to say he should really be writing in his own language. So yes, it was a difficult moment to portray in the play because we had to get MMD's reaction to show not only disappointment and despondency, but also emerging from that, the good thing happened because when he took to writing in Bangla, he did come out like a comet. Navitaji, how do you deal with, I mean, uh, you have written uh, around 17 books, both fiction and so non-fiction. 21 books now, 20 oh. last count. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Uh, Amazon has, you know. <laughs> but I'm saying I've written a lot of books and when my first novel came out, I was, uh, I didn't care much because it was such a huge success that a few critical comments yeah. didn't bother me. Yeah, And uh, then the second book came out much later okay. and everybody expected my second book to be very much like my first while I was determined it should not be. And I got some dreadful reviews. I can tell you, I got really nasty, nasty reviews, if at all. Silence can be even more insulting than no reviews. And, and I, at that time, it hurt. I used to feel terrible because I was still young and uh, vulnerable and uh, impressionable. And these things hurt me. But now I've been through so many highs and lows, so many good reviews and quite a few bad ones that I take it in my stride and I say, everybody has the right to write whatever they want. But you know, both very good reviews written not sincerely and both nasty reviews written um, viciously can deeply damage writers because they hurt so soon. You have to be open to criticism, but sometimes it can be savage. And at the same time, if people praise you out of politeness or because it's convenient for them, that's not going to help yeah. you become a better writer also. Yeah. And so having seen so many highs and lows in my own life, I really, really empathize with the with the extreme trajectory of Michael's life and the many hurts and the many disappointments he faced. Uh, my question to you is uh, that how difficult it is to be a polyglot because if you have only a couple of languages at your disposal, I mean, I, you can, you know, work with it. But uh, MMD uh, was, uh, knew so many languages. How does one master one niche, you know? It's very tough and even throughout the play, he is kind of, you know, struggling between uh, how to write in English or Bangla. He was always confused. Being a polyglot and writing in more than one language are slightly different issues. One may know several languages, but be creative primarily in one or at the most two. 
Uh, out of Europe, we have had several bilingual writers, sometimes even trilingual. And in India, for instance, which has so many wonderful language and languages and variants, we are more and more seeing people working with bilingual capability. So it's actually a creative input that you get from more than one language. Now, the competence in creating in that language will depend on the confidence level that the writer has and also the kind of audience that she may or may not be able to reach. In Michael Madhusudan's case, he wrote in English till in a way he was persuaded and pushed in the direction of writing Bangla. He wrote in Bangla thereafter and once in a while translated his own Bengali play like Shormishta into English. But currently, we have people like Kunal Basu, who is a novelist in Bangla as well as in English, and very successfully right. so. Right. And there are other examples. Yeah. Uh, I feel, as Mala said, that uh, being a polyglot, being multilingual is quite different from having the ability to be creative in more than one language. And... Uh, uh, MMD was spectacularly so, writing in, in more than four or five languages. How many exactly, Mala, would, would we count? Uh, well, we, we won't go into the count here. I think I'm, I think I counted 10 to 15 at least. Uh, was he was fluent. Six, he wrote six languages he knew well. Okay. Yeah. So, when you, it's not just knowing a language. You also have to know the back culture of that language, how to use it, how to use the metaphors, how to use the irony. And he obviously was gifted beyond normal people. He was in what could be classified a genius in his ability to think in write in so many languages. And I think the the secret behind this was an innate cosmopolitanism in him. He okay. was cosmopolitan. He belonged to the world. He could appreciate Greek and Latin with the same depth as which he could look at Sanskrit or Persian or Urdu or Bangla or so many things. So yeah. he every language he delved into, he could inhabit it and belong to it. It is said that you live as many lives as you know, languages. Well, he lived many lives and he knew many languages. Yeah, uh, quite an unexplored and unsung uh, poet. I mean, uh, to be honest, I never heard about him. I live up north in Dehradun and uh, we didn't, uh, we never heard of him. Uh, why did you guys want to do this? Uh, was there history behind it? Was it impulsive? There is a personal history for each of us separately, which you will, of course, hear. But what you say is significant, Rohan. Most people outside Bengal do not know Michael Madhusudan Dutt, and if they do, they only know of the epic Meghnath Bodh Kabbo. He actually has a very wide range. He was the person who brought the epic form into Bangla literature. He is also the person who brought the sonnet form into Bengali poetry. Yeah. So historically, he is important. In my case, I am a Bengali by birth, but I grew up in Rajasthan and not Bengal, though I know the language and I have deep connections with the culture of Bengal. So I was looking at it with an insider-outsider perspective. And in 2011, 
when I was writing a detailed review of William Redditi's translation of Meghna Bodh Kabo into English, I was fascinated by the long introduction that Redditi had offered, from which it became evident that the voice of Meghna Bodh Kabo is not sufficiently demonstrative of Michael. That there was more to Michael Madhusudan that, that the world outside Bengal and Bengali needs to know and would be interested in knowing. And thereafter, when I was talking to Namita about it, she's told me about her own interest in Michael, and hence our project began. Well, like you, I too am a North Indian and also an Uttarakhandi, like uh, you who live in Dehradun. And I knew next very little about Michael Madhusudan Dutt until I reviewed these two books by Ghulam Murshid called Betrayed by Hope and the Heart of a Rebel Poet. And when I reviewed them, this was in 2004, I decided there and then that I would write a play on this. But this went on and off, on and off. And uh, it was only when I mentioned it to Mala and she showed her interest and we had already worked on two books together that we sort of said, let's try to work on this together. And it was a very tentative effort because we knew we were not dramatists. And uh, that was at the literary level, I was fascinated by Michael Madhusudan yeah. But I also felt this deep empathy because his tragic failure, his heroic failure, you could say, and um, the somewhat doomed aspect, the self-destructive aspect of him appealed to me as a character, as a character in a novel might. And also, I had this empathy with him. And I share the cusp of a birthday with him, and I, I just had to do it. I mean, I, I cannot give you a good logical explanation <laughs> why a non-Bengali ventured into such difficult waters, my hand held by my dear friend Malashi Lal, but it is not... Uh, I, I don't know why I did it, but I am so glad that I did. Even I'm glad that you uh, both did it because uh, uh, a completely out of the box experience for me uh, as a reader. We'll go into a break and uh, be right back to the Book Nuts podcast. Hello, Book Nerds. Welcome back to the Book Nerds podcast. Rubina Rehman uh, particularly was fascinating throughout the play because, I mean, at one point, uh, she's like, you know, uh, okay, she appreciates MMD for his literary brilliance. And then on the other hand, his personal life, you know, takes her aback and, you know, she's uh, worried about whether she should do this thesis or not. Take us through how you, you know, uh, formalize this, uh, the character of Rubina Rehman and the Sutradhar. Rohan, the manuscript stayed on and off for a very long time with Namita and with me, precisely because we needed something to bind the story of Michael through his letters into a unified literary structure. And then Rubina Rehman suddenly came to us. I don't know. I think it was a magical manifestation. <laughs> In the beginning, we had a neutral sounding sutradhar, realizing that we needed that kind of a link character. But somehow the personality of this woman emerged precisely because, as Namita just said, that one admires his work and one is fascinated by the heroic failure of the man in person and the success of the man as a poet. So how do we bring the split 
into the structure of the play itself. And then we thought, why not have a researcher who is perfectly legitimate in her responses to this character that she is reading about, biographical and literary, and is working out her own split identity through the character of Michael Madhusudan Dutt. So in a way, the play is about split personalities and split identities. Michael in his context and his generation and Rubina in her time and place. And for me, the play and for Mala is also about the perennial um, contradiction of colonial, post-colonial situations where we use a language not our own. And uh, the use of his uh, Michael Madhusudan Dutt's relationship with the English language and the colonial masters and the colonial canon of literature and his own love for an ultimate return to his own language and its own uh, um, subsets, which he enriched so much with the other story, the European appreciation. So these things uh, all came together in the character of Rubina. She was very important to us. In fact, I would love to uh, quote from the book and uh, you say that it puzzles and perplexes me. Where does the individual sign off? Uh, where does the writer take over? Do we judge the man or the literary genius? Or are they both too deeply intertwined to be ever dissociated? Uh, would you like to comment on that? I mean, it's just a follow-up thing, but... You have indeed touched on a very important point in the novel. Rubina is also being very self-reflective. She herself is struggling with this kind of an identity. She's a researcher. She's not terribly excited about the very hard work that she has to do. And yet she has to hand over a decent body of knowledgeable information to her thesis director. So when she's struggling with the book, she's struggling with her own personal experience. And remember, she is a feminist in her own way. So when she is finding out more and more about uh, Michael's relationship with the two primary women in his life, uh, his wife and then the second wife in a way, though they never married, uh, the the distinction between the poet and the person becomes more and more difficult to handle for the researcher of Rubina's temperament. And we wanted that struggle to show in the lines of the kind that you have read out. Uh, in, in my judgment, uh, Michael Madhusudan, that was a man who it was easy to admire. It was, it was possible to even love him. But I think it was difficult to like him because at an everyday level, his overarching genius and his uh, sometimes lacking uh, empathy for other people, hmm. his, his, his unfortunate life and his even more unfortunate life choices, they brought out all the contradictions between mortals and the genius that they are privileged and also burdened to carry. Perhaps you can tell us about the publishing process because such an experimental book, uh, uh, how was the publishing process? Whom did you go to first or did you go directly to the current publisher? How did it go? 
Um, it was a it was a longish process, up and down, because we ourselves were struggling with the structure of the book. We found very good readers among our friends and colleagues because we shared our manuscript in the making with some key people who are themselves writers and critics, and we got feedback, which we then discussed and acted upon. And then it we didn't really have to look for a publisher. Word had got around that we were working on this experimental structure, as you say, and on Michael Madhusudan Dutt. And uh, we, we got into discussions with a couple of people who are in publishing, and this happened through HarperCollins. Yeah. I was uh, delighted to find that Anant Padmanabhan was very interested in mm. this. And... A uh, wonderful editor, Udayan Mitra, I cannot think of anybody better than him at HarperCollins, to have uh, given us deep inputs and had uh, empathy and uh, understanding of what we were trying to do. So I would uh, like to use this to thank HarperCollins and Udayan Mitra especially for helping us to bring out a book that was not the sort of book many publishers might have picked up at a time when the publishing industry is somewhat constricted. Hmm. And uh, I'm sure that uh, their faith in the book and in Michael Madhusudan that will pay off and go far. A final word uh, from you. Uh, there are so many writers out there who really want to experiment, uh, but perhaps they're scared of this publishing process. Uh, a final word to them. Uh, how do uh, how do they go about it and not be scared of all the uh, constructs? One has to be honest about what one wants to write. There's no point in looking around and saying, OK, this kind of a book will sell, so I'll write it. According to me, the writing comes from within. I'm not so much a creative writer or a novelist, but I do a lot of book award juries and I sit on many, many committees. And of course, I do a lot of reviews myself. The sincerity of the author should determine the subject and each person has a different style. I think the, the word from me would be people should be honest and have integrity about their own ability to create a good book. And there will always be a publisher if the book is good. Uh, James Joyce described the, the terrible perseverance demanded of writers as silence, exile, and cunning. Uh, there is now so much interaction available on the internet, so much information that it is possible to write the book at one level and then, like a project, reach out to people who may be interested and persevere with it. But in the end, it is that stroke of luck of your book reaching the publisher or the editor or the person who can make it possible, the literary agent, the critic who believes in it and helps to take it forward. I really believe that each book has its own destiny, its own kundali, as they say. Yeah. And uh, we, we have to believe in what we write and keep the faith and keep the patience, but it's not always easy. Well, uh, thank you so much, both of you, uh, for being on the podcast. It has been an amazing time reading this book and looking forward to perhaps watching the play soon once the pandemic is over. Uh, we are in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, I would encourage all of the, our listeners to go uh, buy a copy 
copy online uh, of Betrayed by Hope, a play on the life of Michael Madhusudan Dutt. Uh, is it available uh, in bookstores yet? Yes, it is available in most. It is. Great, great. So you can go out there, go to an independent bookstore as well and pick the book up. Thank you and so much again. If you don't have the book, then order it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Just, yeah, they'll order it. And thank you so much again for being on the Book Nerds yes. podcast. Thank you so much. Deeply thank great. you very much. And uh, looking forward to an awesome year. Till then, happy reading.